Welcome to A Photographer's Life. The channel that takes you behind the curtain into the world of professional architectural photography. Join us now for an episode with some of America's premier architectural photographers. Today's broadcast comes from a recent Zoom meeting of the Association of Independent Architectural Photographers. This discussion is led by AIAP Director Alan Blakely. We hope you enjoy the show. If you do, please let us know by liking this episode and subscribing to this channel. Now, on with the show. Let me just uh, welcome everyone to this meeting of AIAP. Uh, this Zoom meeting, we have um, a loose agenda today, which is talking about, uh, well, th this was recommended by Norman, who's on the call as well, and which is um, talking about what's in your case. And uh, we get asked that from time to time. And I think that might be a real interesting discussion. And then the other one is kind of just let's catch up on what's on your mind. We haven't had a meeting um, since uh, early summer. And the reason for that was everyone was busy. And I'm grateful for that and hope that you all are are, are still still busy. Uh, this has been a good year for most everybody that I've talked to, but let's get started here and we'll kind of try to resume these monthly meetings um, like we were doing um, in, the, in the past and maybe we can stay more in touch with one another and, and kind of work through some of these problems. I'm inclined to kind of jump off on what Karen was talking about here um, earlier. And this is, you know, we'll, we'll start out on the what's on your mind part of this. And uh, talking about this trend of, uh, of content versus quality. And um, since we weren't recording before, Karen, if you, if you could maybe just kind of bring us back up to speed, if you wouldn't mind, uh, as to the dilemma that you uh, described with regard to the architectural firm uh, that you've worked with. Right. Um, I did some work for this local architectural firm who I really want to work with because they're growing like crazy. And um, I, they, they haven't hired me since. And I looked at who they're working with and the guy's photography just really isn't up to snuff, but it seems that they don't care because the, the guy's probably cheaper than me. And what I was wrestling with and been thinking about a lot lately is quality versus quantity. They, it definitely seems like everybody just wants quantity over quality. And if you're a quality photographer and you care about what you're putting out, you know, putting out images that don't, you know, you've taken care of the glare, the color correction, your perspective straightened, you got rid of a, I mean, elements, where, where are we in the market? So if you're not an A and you're not a C, because I think I'm kind of a B plus. Um, I think you're an A, just so you know. Right now, you're definitely an A. You've got a nice style. I like it. It's clean. Where Where do I fit in? You know, where am I going to find the architects that really can see? I'm shocked. This was the other thing. I'm really shocked that architects can't see the difference. Some can, but between what that guy is producing and what I'm producing. So I'm actually going to start, I figured out a whole new marketing campaign. I'm going to send a mailer. I'm working on figuring out how to print it right now to 50 architects. I'm going to really fine tune who I want to work with and see how that goes. Um, 
because yeah. if this is what this guy's doing. I don't know. I, I don't want to be a fast food photographer, you know, just banging it out, banging it out. And that's because it's a good way they're sending it out. I'm not a photographer. Right. <laughs> <Just their> attention. <laughs> I need a timeline. Well, you know, I years ago I did a when this when when digital first really kind of um came to the forefront here about uh, I don't know, 15 years ago, I, I did a mailer. And um, it made a lot of enemies, but but I showed a photograph that looked like what a real estate photographer would do. And then I showed the same, uh, the same, uh, it was actually a residential project. And I showed the same photo, uh, you know, the same project with photograph the way I would photograph it. And my headline was, uh, what if people judged your projects by the photographs um, that you use? And, um, and then hyphen, as a matter of fact, they do. And um, there were a lot of people that, that jumped on that and decided, yeah, we, we need to do better. And then there were a lot who said, you know, you're being an elitist jerk and we don't want to work with you. Um, so I, I think that there's probably a market for, for the photography that we're willing to do still, but I think it's kind of shrinking. And I think that the, the, the larger market is the unskilled um, I've watched YouTube videos and have a DSLR and I can do this or a mirrorless okay. camera and, and jump in there. And, and, that, and that seems to be the bulk of the market right now. Actually, and iPhones. Yeah, right. So, I, Norman, you were going to say something, then I was going to say something after. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, 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 you know, obviously been doing this a long time. I'm, I'm old fashioned, Karen, and, and, what, um, and I'm fussy about who I work with. And, and I want to work with somebody that appreciates my work and values my skill. And, and I don't, you know, I was talking to Alan, this is his, he said, it's his busiest year. We've had a, we've had an amazing year this year. We had last year was probably our busiest year ever. But so um, while I, I, I certainly don't want to compete with, with somebody that, um, you know, is shooting 200 pictures on a job, we, we don't do that. You don't have time to do that and do a quality job. But, um, but I, I do, I do target clients and, and I will call them and I'll set an appointment with them and I'll go see them and I'll show them my work and and my work compared to what, what they're using now. And they'll, they'll see a value in that. And, and I tell everybody, you know, I'd rather have one good image than 50 bad ones on my website or my social media or whatever. So I think you, you know, the client you're talking about, the architect is obviously not your client. They don't appreciate your work. They don't appreciate that skill level. And what they're doing while they might be busy and they might be ballooning right now, that's not going to sustain them. Quality always has uh, a sustaining ability. And when you maintain quality, you know, we only have one level of, of, of work here, and, and that's A+. And I don't do any, if I'm not happy with it, it doesn't get delivered. And, and, and there is no compromise with that. And, and I think if you, if you hold to that, you'll always be busy. And, and what you'll do is you'll sift through all the clients that aren't worth working with. You know, you really will. You'll, you'll, there's plenty of, there's plenty of high end clients out there. And, and I think there's work for everybody. If you do a quality job and I'm looking at your work right now and I, I can't, I don't have any suggestions for you. It's beautiful. Thank um, you. You, you know, I, I think that that client, that architect that you want to work with, I would just fire him. Like Alan said, he's, he's not your client. Look for somebody better. Look for someone that'll appreciate you. 
if you focus on that, I, I, I think you'll be successful and I, and I think you'll be busy. I, I don't try, I don't, I never cut my price. I, I never compromise my quality and mm -hmm. I have always been busy. Wow. It, it works, it works with me. You don't find when you cold called an architect and you ask them to lunch or whatever that, that they're, they find it, that they're too busy or they're, I mean, I'm wanting to do that, but I feel that then they feel obligated or, you know, they're all of a sudden they have to do something and give you time. I'm a marketing junkie and a network junkie. I, I love introducing people to people. I introduce people to other photographers all the time, whether whoever, it doesn't matter. But if I see an architect's work that I really admire and I think I could do a better job than his photographer, that's the guy I'll call. If mm -hmm. I'm looking at an architect and he's got beautiful photography, I leave him alone. He's got mm -hmm. a good photographer. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll find somebody else. I don't want to take someone's work away from him. But if I think I can do a better job and and I can be uh, working with me would be beneficial to him, then that's the guy I'll, I'll contact. That's the person I'll call. And designers and architects are my favorite people to work with. I mean, it's especially the interior designers because they really, you know, that's their work. And, and they'll see a difference between an iPhone shot and they'll, they'll notice when a, a door looks like a banana or when you can't see out of a window or you can't see their drapes or their, you know, their window treatments. That stuff drives them nuts. So that's a good, you know, maybe steer away from the architect a little bit and, and, and focus in on a high-end designer. They really appreciate your work. That's the majority of our work is high-end designers. So I just wanna, I just wanna put in the two cents about, there's, there was a term, there's a, there was a phrase came out five years ago about uh, what's good enough, okay? And that's where we're, we're coming out of the recession and the photos just had to you know, come across to get a, a, a certain idea. But now we're getting better quality and so on. But I think as we come into maybe a recession in, in 23, it might be going back to the, uh, what's good enough. But I think it depends on the market that you're in. Um, Karen, what market are you in? What city are you in? I live in Lyme, Connecticut. It's very rural. Um, but there's a lot of wealthy people around here. And they're all having work done you know, and landscapes, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of work here. Um, so I'm like halfway between Providence, Boston, and I guess if you've heard of um, Fairfield County in Connecticut, like uh, Greenwich, Fairfield, New Haven. So there's a lot around here. I just, um, I don't know, for me, this was, you know, I had no work in July and August. Well, so, you're, in a, you're in a smaller market, and you're always going to have these lower cost photographers come in well the quality is not as good and so your clients will be bombarded with this and then they're going to compare your price with somebody else like i said you know what's good enough and that's something we've had to fight over the last um, four or five years so it's, it's always a tough market you got to uh build those relationships and i think the networking is so important because it's like anything else you might meet with 10 people not necessarily lunch but just on the phone or showing your portfolio but it's just that one out of 10 or one out of 20 that yeah. will uh, keep you busy. Yeah, it, Karen, that's that's really good, uh, good thought. And I travel too. So mm -hmm. not everybody travels. And, and, and because I, I do travel for my clients, um, you know, not everybody does that. That's, that's probably a good, you know, 30% of our work is travel. Um, in some instances, like last year, it was probably 60 or 70% of my work was travel. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I'm in a Chicago market. Mm -hmm. I have an intense, uh, the competition here is very intense. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's plenty of work for everybody. And if you have the ability to travel, particularly in the Boston area, there's a lot there. Yeah, I would. I travel. I mean, I would for sure. Yeah, I think you've got the ability to expand your market a little bit uh, there. Um, I mean, I eighty percent of my work is travel. Um, I only do maybe twenty percent of my work here in my in my local geographic area. But uh, before we got on, uh, we before we got on this call and started recording, Norman and I were chatting, and and we have both raised our rates uh, this year. And um, I know for me anyway, what happened was my business picked up. I mean, I increased business. I raised my rates by 25%. And all of a sudden, it opened up this new market of higher-end clients who I'm, I'm thinking maybe looked at my rates before and thought, well, you know, maybe he's not the best that we need because his rates are at this certain level. I don't know. But um, that was something that was a real surprise to me was that my business picked up after my rates went up. So... Yeah, I've, I've actually, that's an excellent thought. I've actually lost a client. I remember the 10 years ago, I quoted a job against another Chicago photographer. I remember the the designer and I really wanted to work with them. I still would like to work with them. And he told me, he said, he can't be any, you know, F and F and good at that price. And, and I'm a way better photographer than the guy that he's using. But, you know, that was an impetus for me to, to jack my price up. And, and this year, because of, our, you know, everybody's costs across the board have gone up 30% on everything. So yeah, we, we raised our price twice this year. Yeah, it's definitely not Canada. <laughs> up here, there's just no way. It, up here is just uh, architecture pricing is, it's turned into real estate. Wow. Yeah, and, and they won't pay for travel. I, I, my first question whenever they contact me now is, what's your budget and how many images? And usually you hear, well, my budget's uh, just around a thousand, and we're looking for about uh, fifty to hundred images. You can't do that. I just go, no, thank you. <laughs> my next question is, you know, what are you smoking? I mean, <laughs> I know, but it's, you know, there's photographers here. They're doing they're, they're doing these projects for like three hundred dollars. It's crazy. Yeah, you're processing them. I mean. That takes so much time. Even if they yeah. do so much. No, they send those over. They send those overseas for sure. They just care that their images are bought. It's just, it's a joke. They just, they don't care. They'll spend hours on it. But here, you know, I've got a client, and it's all you know. Some of the newer photographers trying to get into the market, but they've wrecked the market. Well, that reminds me of stock photography when it started going into uh, royalty free. They yeah. would just be, they'd just be happy that someone was sold and somebody was using them. Yeah. Exactly. There's something I just learned this week. I was talking to one of the marketing firms, a wonderful machine, and they were mentioning a photographer in a major city that does real estate, $500 a location, but his majority of his work is high in photography. But he does this on the side, so to speak, this shooting these houses down there in LA for real estate. I thought that was a tricky one because they find out you're charging that a lower rate for real estate and then you're going to have your regular day rate for higher end clients. So, yeah, 
Real estate is definitely hurting, and I don't think it's going to go away because the quality of some of the software that they're using to process basically overnight, you know, it's pretty impressive. Now, the angles are not what we say and what we see, and then also the, uh, the retouching, but it's bringing us all down with the low rates that they charge. That's the bottom line. It is. I, I agree with that. And not only that, is you've got the, the other companies, like some architects here and some construction companies, they'll, they'll start, oh, we've got a competition. Go in and shoot the building and send us the pictures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what they're doing here. Even the, the city of Calgary, they're doing the same thing. They're going, oh, we just built this, um, the library. Go in and take pictures and you know, we've got a little competition. Let's see who wins. And they take their pictures. Yeah, yeah I love what they say. We'll give you photo credit yeah. for your own personal property. Who cares? You know? Yeah. Those are no to. Those are the people you say no to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do, and I did. And then, you know, recently that happened with an architect. He sold. He closed his doors and two of the people went to a new firm and they wanted to use the images. I think I wrote about this online on these uh, to get advice. So I told them what the price was. And I said to them, because they're right up the street, I said, and, you know, what if you buy these images now, you know, this, this second license, I will offer you um, a shoot in the future with 25% off of what you paid for the images to try and get my foot in the door. They don't want the images, which is fine, but either way I burnt a bridge, but I mean, I don't care. But what I mean is they were never gonna hire me if they didn't get the images for free and they were never gonna hire me if they got the images for free. So it was a catch 22. Yeah. Yeah, so I, think, I, I think this kind of goes back to what <clears throat> you mentioned earlier, Karen, about talking about um, a targeted list of, of firms that you'd like to work with. Um, you know, Norman alluded to this as well. And every year I kind of make a list of, of the firms and their big firms and their successful firms that I would like to do business with. And then I just concentrate on those. And every year I pick up a couple of those. Um, the real estate market is such a different situation than than, you know what our primary market really is uh, as far as architecture and the even though you were looking at a looming recession there is uh, the fact that uh, housing and multifamily housing and things like that have never been busier and the firms that are doing that are growing really fast and they're making a lot of money and to me that seems to be the the easiest door that's open right now is for these large firms uh, design architecture and construction firms that are doing uh, multifamily work in large markets and um, you know if it takes travel to to get to that then you know so be it but um, you know the local construction guy or the you know the single practitioner architect in your in your local town is probably not going to support you in the long term. So uh, I think we have to refocus who we're looking at and be more targeted about the kinds of firms that will actually buy what we sell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, we've got a friend that's a shooter in Bend, Oregon, which is kind of a booming area as far as people moving into it, but it's yeah. really not a large market. Um, 
market. And he's very frustrated uh, with what he has to compete against. And that's, it's going to be an uphill battle and it's really probably not going to change. So I would, I would definitely recommend going to a, a larger market and just focusing on those uh, clients because over the years, it's going to be like, again, so frustrated that you're dealing with the so-called bottom feeders. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been yeah. reaching out to Providence, Rhode Island, because I'd rather work that direction than Fairfield County, because then I'm not dealing with 95 and all that traffic. Um, but I think in Providence, uh, it just, it feels a little easier for me because of, it's a very uh, elitist group in Fairfield and really hard to penetrate that market, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so just real quick, when I started shooting architecture in 97, I've been shooting since 81 in general, but I want to start shooting more architecture interiors. I, I sought out a local magazine, Oregon Home Magazine, it was mostly interiors and exteriors, and that's how I really got my foot in the door in the market. So that's what I would recommend also. If there's a magazine, I know the magazines are buying, but there's still a few out there mm -hmm. that specialize in um, interiors. Uh, I would pursue the magazine because it's great advertising for you. They don't pay a lot, but you get your name out there. So. Yeah, I pitch them all the time, actually. <laughs> How's it going? Um, you know, uh, right now I'm waiting here back on a few. And I do have relationships with magazines because um, I'm also um, a writer. I've written a lot of articles, but um, it, it, I usually get responses, which is great. So they usually say yes or no, of course. That's all they can say, or maybe. But uh, the point is that I, I always get a reply because I have a relationship with them. So I keep trying them whenever I get a good project. Okay. I want to work on assignment, of course. And do you know the other photographers that they're using when you see the credit line? Do you know that? Yes, I know of them. Yes. And one of them is excellent. And he is all over the place. You know, he's really got it sewn up with almost every single uh, home and garden magazine, national and local. It, a, mean, lot of, you know, a lot of things that helps with that, Karen, is if you want to get into press work, is um, having an agent. Because yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah. 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 You know, I wanted to mention one other kind of anomaly that um, is a market that we don't generally go after, and that is a, a large firm from out, you know, outside of uh, where your geographic area is that's doing business where you are. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the examples of this is, say, an architectural firm who's doing large resort homes. Um, let's take Jackson Hole, Wyoming, for an example. They're doing these very expensive homes there, and they're... Um, they're, you know, being paid a lot of money by people who don't live there, and they're using a construction firm who may or may not be from there. And they're bringing in a photographer from somewhere else to photograph that. So the, so the, the local photographers in that area, uh, you know, if I'm using Jackson as, a, as an example, are never seeing any of that work. Wow. And so the, the key is to find out who those firms are. That are that are coming in and doing the big expensive projects in these smaller markets, and I know that Calgary is a market that's like that. Um, <laughs> and I know that yeah, we get we get a lot of people like I don't only deal with architects and construction companies. I find a lot of my clients they're engineers, 
yeah. engineering firms. Yeah, that too. And, and there's a lot of people that I know from Vancouver that are shooting yeah. in Calgary and from Toronto that are shooting in Calgary. So yeah, I do get those calls. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, finding out an engineering news record is a, is a good resource. And, you know, if you're just looking at the trade magazines as to what projects are being announced and who's doing those, that's an, an easy way to get on board. Uh, there was a project here in Salt Lake City, which was a shopping mall 10 years ago, and there were virtually no local firms involved in that. It was a several billion dollar project and uh, architectural firm from out of state and, you know, construction companies and engineers and all that. I was able to, you know, to vet who was actually involved in that. And uh, with the help of my wife, who was working as my rep at the time, get in the door and be the exclusive photographer for that. Um, oh, another, another which basically bankrolled my year <laughs> once I got into that project. So um, that's just an example that, you know, there, there's a lot of work that's kind of behind the scenes that we're not seeing, yeah. you know, photographers flying in and out of your local area doing work um, that you're, you're not getting. And if you're competing with the guys that are only working locally, um, you're, you're not seeing that high-end work. And so it takes just a little bit of investigation and research to find out who the, you know, the big spenders are that are actually doing work in, in your area or whatever area you'd like to work in. And I'm, I'm convinced that in, in Karen's situation, that there are some firms that are bringing photographers into your area um, that you could just as easily be shooting those projects for. Yeah. Sure. Have you ever thought of looking at your, um, do you have like a construction uh, association in your area? Um, well, I belong to the AIA Connecticut and um, I'm going in a couple of like walking tours of buildings that are being constructed and mm -hmm. um, to meet the architects, you know, it's open. So I'm trying to do stuff like that. Um, I have looked at engineering and construction firms, but no, I'm go I am going to look at what Alan just said about the engineering news record. Yeah, well, a lot of my projects that I've done, they come from um, the construction companies, but I always go to the um, example, the Calgary Construction or the Alberta Construction or Canada Construction um, websites, and they show all the upcoming projects. Yeah, architecture is another yeah. one. Yeah. That's another one too. What, yeah. what is it called? Architects newspaper. Okay. And these are free. Um, you know, you can get a free subscription to them generally. And um, I, I go through those when they come. I go through and I will either dog ear or highlight pages or tear pages out if I see somebody that I'm interested in in uh, pursuing, and then go from there. And then I throw the rest of the magazine away because I don't care about it. But <laughs> it's just Alan, a source Alan, of leads. Yeah. When you uh, get those uh, or, or identify those companies, do you look at their websites to determine if they already have a photographer, what the quality level is and make the assessment kind of like Norman mentioned he does? Um, no, I don't. Um, um, I generally don't spend that much time researching it and I will just contact their marketing people directly and say, I've heard about your project, such and such. Um, I'd be happy to uh, talk to you about photography when the time is right and leave it at that. And uh, some of them have 
firm commitments and I respect that and others don't. And so I, I, you know, I don't, I don't really muscle my way in on those kinds of situations. I just open the door and let them make the decision. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all you can really do. Yeah. But you at least have to make that contact. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely look at the websites before I contact someone. Um, And, you know, some are, some you could tell they haven't done anything in years and years and they might not even value photography or want to hire you. But then again, I could be wrong. (laughs) Well, you know, let me bring up just another point too. And that's when you do shoot a project, um, I think it's helpful to find out who else is involved in that and spin off those others as potential clients. So I've done know, if, that. I, if I get hired by the architect, I want to find out who the contractor and the engineer and the landscaper um, and the manufacturer for the light fixtures and the flooring and all everybody you just check out everybody yeah. yeah and then you just spin it off like what I do is I say, okay, I'm capturing this project. Uh, would you like to see the images I capture once they're yeah. done? So uh, there's projects I've sold to five different companies, mm-hmm. same images. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do that regularly. Most of my work, yeah. uh, I'm licensing to about five people, five different parties. Yeah. So yeah. generally, Alan, are you bringing the, sorry. Generally, generally, Alan, are you bringing those, trying to bring those people in in the beginning? Or are you waiting until you finish the images and then going uh, to try and license the photographs after the fact? For me, it's it's when it's after the it's after the photo shoot. Yeah, um, I try to find. You have something to show. Yeah, and what I yeah. do is I post a gallery online of the photo shoot, and it has a seven day expiration period, and I quote them a price for multi party uh, licensing discounts. It's not cost sharing; it's multi party licensing, and I offer a discount when there's you know more than one party licensing. So they don't get the idea in their mind that they're sharing one cost. Um, but then I offer that for, uh, you know, that that preview link is up for a week. And after that, if they haven't made a decision, that's that. And I, you know, I quote the price, the price is on there and they have to license the entire portfolio at that point. After that, they can license individual images at my regular prices. That's fine. But um having that deadline seems to be a big motivating factor for -hmm. people to say, yes, I want these or no, I don't, you know, that kind of thing. But does, does the client who hired you, like it's, I felt, I always find it's tricky, even though you own the copyright and you can do that. You know, if you sell them after the facts and he missed out on the potential of cost sharing, is he annoyed that he paid full freight? I've never had that. Well, happen. you know what I've what I've done, Carol, in the past is Karen. I've uh, actually said to construction companies, look, um, and engineering firms, and and some architects. I don't work as much with architects as I do with construction companies and engineering firms. I always say, you know, like, do you have like if you can get a group of people together, I can get you a better price. But of course, there's I use the. Um, second user license and third user license. So I'm still getting all the money, but I give that to them and then they go, oh, that's a great option. We can save money that way. So just grab them. Yeah, that way. 
Yeah, I still making the same money. Yeah, yeah. But I I don't go back and you know retroactively rebate money to firms because somebody licensed the images. So um, it's it's off the table once that multi-party licensing offer expires. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do the a similar thing, Alan, but I do it before the shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanna if you wanna be a part of a that way, I know who I'm working with and who I'm working for. And oftentimes, uh, an interior designer want a different image than an architect or a builder. Yeah, and so they like to participate. And sometimes they'll send a they'll come out themselves or they'll request something specifically. Um, but I I I don't offer multi multi party licensing after the shoot is after it's done. I do it prior to that and i'm not worried about them saying oh why i want to see the job first they can look at my website and they'll see the quality of the work they're getting i mean it you know that's a representation of what i do so um and and it works out i have a lot of people do that but you know i never do it after the fact yeah i usually do it after now here's one um i had a company they hired me from germany and there was a big project here and all they wanted, they were the elevator people and they wanted me to capture the elevators. And I go, wow, what a great opportunity. So I went in and, you know, as you know, the company's hiring me, but they want some other pictures and I just grabbed the whole building. So once I did that, like they got their pictures and then I approached the engineers, the architects, everybody else, they all bought it, the whole packages. So it was just, just getting your foot in that door and getting the images. That's, I've done a lot of work that way. And I, I think we leave a lot of money on the table when we don't do that. Um, yeah. Because, well, what happens is, you, you know, you end up finding out on, you know, if you're, if you're signed up with Pixie, you end up finding out a year or two later that somebody's already <laughs> using those, that hasn't licensed them. So. Which is one of our sponsors. <laughs> you said Pixie, I'm just dealing with it. And they're, they're a sponsor we've had for many years. Yeah. Yeah. They um, th- they have been uh, really good to work with us at the AIP. And yeah. Um, Everybody should. I, I will be buying a second home because of Pixie. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're not signed up with them, I, I highly recommend that you. Yeah, it's amazing how many people use your images. It's amazing. Yeah. And they are so good at recovery. Um, it's just, it, it's just astounding. It's, it's staggering. Yeah. 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 So I've got 500, as of this morning, 549 open cases. Wow. Wow. Well, I think that's more than mine. I thought I had the record of fixing yeah, 300 and some. Wow. Yeah, people just assume they can just use the picture. It's just whatever. It's, okay. it's amazing. Um, is there is there any other um, subject that we really ought to jump into as far as what's on your mind here? Um, I, I think we hit the big one. <laughs> as far as what the market uh, complexion is right now, um, I, I just can't emphasize enough having a targeted list of firms that spend money and going after them. I mean, when I first started out with no clients in, you know, you know, about 1991 and I, you know, my portfolio under my arm of prints and went to talk to art directors and things like that. It was just a numbers thing. Um, if you called on a certain number of people, you ended up with a certain number of assignments. 
And so it's just kind of the way it is. Um, yeah, I've always felt just hitting the ground running and uh, beating the path to these other other projects and uh, architectural firms, interior designers. There's no substitute for that. Um, and not just emailing, but also making those calls and, and putting yeah. a face out there too. Showing yeah. up in person, you you can't underestimate the yeah. the. I mean, people have lost that that connection. You know, yeah. we're used to yeah. texting and instant messaging and emailing. That personal connection, they remember that. Mm -hmm. And when you meet somebody, you know, like I won't work with a client unless I meet them first. You know, I want to know because if our personalities, if I think there's a, a wall there somehow, I don't have time for that. You know, I, I'll give my name to somebody else. I just don't. I, I mean, I, I love what I do and I don't want to be frustrated doing it. So if I if I get any inclination that there's that, you know, that, that something's not going to blend well, I, I will recommend somebody else for their project but but that personal connection um you can't underestimate that and, and karen if you haven't been knocking on doors target two or three people and, and you know don't expect to get hired immediately but they'll remember that mm -hmm. and and people will you know my my business card is a four by six picture you know i don't i don't use little bitty cards i use four by six pictures and when they, you know, I've, I've been to offices in the past where they've taken a magnet and actually stuck it on a filing cabinet. I go back six months later, it's still there. Mm -hmm. So I know that that's the person they're going to call. Uh, and it, it's really worked out well. That, that personal connection is really important. Yeah. Well, while we're on the, the subject of business cards, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I put a QR code on my business mm -hmm. card this year, I re I redesigned it, and so on the back of the co the card is a is a QR code, and I can't tell you how effective that's been to hand that to yeah. people, and immediately they're on my website. Um, so, yeah, I want to sign this up for some digital uh, business card, Alan. Where I, yeah. I just touch my phone to somebody else's phone. Yeah. I don't have it all yet. But um, she, some client did that with us here at the office, and she was so impressed. So she's getting that set up for us. Yeah, those um, are cool that's, too. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, right to the. I mean, right, right there. Bam. Yeah, put you on. But that that's been really effective for me this year. It, do you we use? Uh, do, sorry, do you use Vistaprints for your uh, business cards, or do you have a preferred? Um, um, I I have used Vistaprint. I don't like them very well. Um, I use one called Got Print. Um, and uh, let me just grab my card real quick. I've got them here. Yeah, why don't we just put a big uh, QR code in the side of our rig, and then <laughs> so so this is you know this is the front of mine, and it, it's very simple. Um, but I I use uh, gotprint.com, and then the back here has the QR code, and um, and it's on thirty eight point stock, so it's heavy. It's a really heavy stiff card and they don't throw it away. Uh, I'll hand it to people and I go, wow, that's a big card. That's a heavy card kind of thing, which is nice. Uh, but they immediately scan that. And so um, even if I'm not shooting with them that day or something, I've got them to my website already. And uh, it's just so simple. Um, yeah. Flowcode.com is where I generated the code from um that's free so uh, and then do you have to give it to got print 
to put on the card? How do you get it onto the well, card? Well, yeah, you 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 create a you know a PNG or um, a JPEG oh, okay. or whatever, right, and then right, right. as you set up the card, I mean, I I design these online, and so I just set the card up online and make the order, and um, it takes them about ten days. There, I think they're in California is where they are located. I don't know, but anyway, it's online. And for 500 cards, I pay about $100 um, for these really heavy 38-point cards. And they've got, um, they've got a little black um, line in the middle. So it's a three-piece three card. So it's white on both sides, and then it's got black in the middle. Um, anyway, it's, it's, it's been kind of a little extra perk for me this year. Um, Good. Let, let's uh, let, let's move on here. Um, we did we did talk about licensing just a little bit, but I just wanted to bring up um, uh, one thing before we jump into what's in your case. But uh, hopefully everybody can stay on the call here. But um, I, I'm finding that I'm getting a lot of emails from uh, photographers in the organization wanting licensing language to put on their invoices. And I'm going to post what what I put together um, with the help of Pixie just recently, um, and it's kind of a combination of what we've talked about in previous meetings. But I will post that um, on the Facebook page, that little blurb. And uh, if you don't have that actually on your invoices uh, somewhere or your your estimates or whatever, I'd recommend that you think about doing that. Um, because uh, I think that we're going to see infringement just kind of take off from here on out. I mean, it's it's increasing rapidly every year, and uh, if you don't have that on your invoice, you really don't have the teeth to uh, enforce your copyright with a certain individual who may or may not have shared it with a you know a subcontractor or things like that. So. So you, you'd like to know what ASMP would have in some of their suggestions? Well, it's it's very similar to that. Um, I, I went along. Uh, I mean, I had a big long one, and and Pixie kind of helped me pare it down slightly. And so it's okay. it's it's not real long. It's easy to understand, and it's very to the point uh, about what it is. And there's one for um, there's one for giving you know general customers and then there's one also that they helped me generate that is for when you have a property owner that's getting a complimentary set of images and that happens from time to time like schools yeah. and uh, government agencies nonprofits, uh per, you know individual homeowners things like that and so there's also that uh that lets them know that these are their their to use personally but they may not share them with anyone <laughs> in a commercial situation because I had infringements that have been pretty egregious because the homeowner decided to share things. So, right. Well, yeah. Where did you say that you put that information? I'll, I'll put that on the Facebook page. Oh, okay. I'll do a post on the Facebook page. So those two, um, those two blurbs are on there. Um, and you, you can use and modify them as you wish, but, um, I do know that uh, Pixie thinks that those have got enough teeth in them to uh, to be something that we ought to have on every invoice or every delivery 
that kind of thing. Yeah, that's every, that's every really transfer. important. Yeah, a lot of photographers will use like a five or six page licensing. I've seen them do it, and and I mean, by the time you get to page three, the client is just freaked out. Yeah, yeah. My, my my license is really simple. It, it's straightforward. It was put together by an intellectual property council, and and it has teeth. And I've used it in court successfully. Uh, Pixie loves it. It's simple. It's easy. It, it's you know, I share it with anybody. I share it with everybody. I think I've set it down, but I, it's yeah, right. it, you know. But, but I don't but know what you're buying at a just at a glance. Yeah, keeping it simple like that um, it is really important. And and I agree with Alan. At every time you deliver, you know, you put it on the invoice, put it in, send the licensing with the images. That you know, it's you got to have that. You just got to. Yeah, I even put it with my image transfers. So yeah, I have a file transfer. It's on there as well. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Good idea. No, Alan, the file transfer you mentioned, how does that work? It's on a, a invoice included in the files or a terms and conditions document that you include? Um, it's here. Well, I use WeTransfer to transfer files. That's, that's the service that I use. And they have um, a message section that prints in the email that, you know, uh, below the, the download link. And so in that message section, um, it says image licensing terms. And so that's in there. And so they know when they get that and are ready to download that those are the terms they're downloading those images with. So, oh, nice. um, and that's been really helpful. Uh, I, I haven't had any confusion about licensing since I've been doing that. So. When you guys deliver to homeowners, um, do you send like an invoice or just like a terms and conditions in an email if you're delivering to like for personal use to a homeowner? I, or, I actually give them a, a courtesy license if it's a courtesy, you know, negotiated ahead of time with a with a client. I'll send them a courtesy license that says exactly what Alan did is for your personal use, you're not to share, sell, you know, or any way distribute the image. Um, and, and they're fine with that. I mean, it you know, oftentimes we'll we'll actually do a book for the homeowner hmm. and a coffee table book. And uh, the client likes that because, you know, it just sits on a coffee table. But if you're doing it electronically, we, we specify the usage that they are entitled to. I and see. the images are never high rats. They're always JPEGs. You know, yeah, always. always JPEGs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, coffee table book idea. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a great. I mean, Shutterfly is an easy one to use, and there's a bunch of others. And you, know, you yeah. pay what twenty five bucks for a nice book, and the, the you know the linen wrapped book. I that's a great. I used to use those as as mailers for potential clients <laughs> when I was targeting a client. You know, if, if I'm going to bill ten thousand dollars, I could spend twenty five dollars to try to get the job. So yeah, I used to do that. This has been another episode of a photographer's life. If you've enjoyed this program, please let us know by liking this episode and subscribing to this channel. A Photographer's Life is brought to you by the Association of Independent Architectural Photographers. This episode is copyrighted, and may not be used in full or in part, without the written permission of the AIAP. Please join us again soon for another inside look at the world of professional architectural photography.